start by telling you a story of a man, just like that man on the projector. So he, was, he walked on this thin rope holding a long bamboo stick in his hands. But this man that I'm talking about, he also carried his son on his uh, shoulders. And uh, there were hundreds of people that were standing by watching as he was doing this. Uh, they were watching him with bated breath. And uh, the man, he carefully, uh, you know, uh, he carefully stepped on the rope and he, was, he battled strong winds. He risked his life and he uh, risked the life uh, of his son. And uh, as he walked over the rope and he uh, walked the distance, and completed, uh, you know, the, the distance of the rope, the crowd, they shouted with joy and uh, they started to clap and they started to whistle because of this uh, uh, outstanding performance that they have just seen the man doing. So when the man stepped down on the ground, he asked them, so do you believe that I can do this again? And the crowd shouted, yes. And then he asked them again, do you have firm faith that I can do this again successfully and they shouted again yes and he said to them I can see that you have confidence in uh, you have complete confidence in my skill isn't it and he went on to asking them so if you have complete confidence in my skills can one of you give me your child so I can put him on my shoulders and I can walk on the rope again and with that silence fell amongst the crowd so he, um, so, uh, he asked them, he says that you're, uh, he asked them, so you're not scared, but, you ju but just now you said that you believe that I can do this successfully. So you have confidence that I can do this, but you don't trust that I can do this uh, with your child on my shoulders. So similarly, us as Christians, we do believe in God, but we don't trust him with our lives. Amen. The difference between worldly faith and the Christian believer's faith is that our faith is in God and the basis of our faith in God is developed through our relationship with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews challenges us to remain faithful to Jesus who is greater than the heroes of faith as mentioned in, uh, in Hebrews 11. Paul wrote this epistle to the Hebrews to encourage uh, Christians to maintain their faith in Jesus and not to return to their former ways. So it is important to remember that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So let me, le let me explain to you what I mean by this. The next slide, okay, there is the slide, the main scripture. <laughs> All right, so if you have your Bibles here with you, can you please turn to Hebrews 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he, comes, uh, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen. May God bless his word as we go deeper into it this morning. So we're going to go, we're going to, we are going to look, have a closer look at three points this morning. Okay, firstly, faith. Secondly, 
we must believe that he is or that God does really exist. And thirdly, he rewards those who diligently seek him. Amen. Amen. Firstly, let's look at faith. We live by faith every day. When we cross a bridge, that is faith in the bridge. When we drive a car, that is faith in the car. But what about the type of faith that can move mountains out of our way, that can make walls to fall, that can part the Red Sea before us, that can bring dead and barren things to life, that can heal the sick, and that can make demons to tremble. And this type of faith, it's not exercised every day and not by everyone, although it should. The Christian believer's faith is, however, a bit different. <coughs> the main difference being in the object of our faith, which is having faith in the promises of the eternal, unseen God. We have faith in God through Jesus Christ. To have faith in God is to rest our whole weight on him. That is, if God said it, it is true, and we believe it. Amen. Hebrews 11 verse 1 defines faith as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. The substance of a thing is that which stands under or supports something else. So faith is the foundation of the things that we hope for. And without faith, our hope will simply collapse. Faith allows believers to trust, in, uh, to trust in what cannot be seen with our own physical eyes. Things that are not seen, they are future things, which is eternal in nature. It is everlasting things that does not have an end. The term evidence is derived from the Greek word elenkos, which refers to an argument or a case being made. So faith is an argument for that which is not yet seen. But faith does not prove something not yet seen. Only God who made the promise can prove that something, uh, can prove the promise by fulfilling it. But faith is the certainty that we have uh, of uh, something that has not yet been seen, and it is an argument which favors the validity of a thing or object not yet seen. Amen. We are saved by grace through faith. We have faith in the unseen birth, crucifixion, death, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We accept these unseen things through faith, and we are saved by grace. We can position ourselves to have more faith, but ultimately, it is God who imparts faith into us. God gives us the grace to have faith in him by helping us through the Holy Spirit to believe in his son, Jesus. This is the gift of our salvation. This is the essence of godly faith. That is, to trust God with our future despite how hard it is in the present. Amen. When we have faith in something, we have a feeling of certainty that it is true and that it will come to pass. The object of our faith is God and the promises that he has made to us. 
We cannot see God, but our faith allows us to be convinced that what he promises us is true and that his promises will be fulfilled in our lives. It's about taking God at his word, knowing that he is faithful and that he is not a man that he should lie. Trust and belief in the unseen and the intangible things, they are important aspects of, uh, of our faith. So when we exercise our faith, there is no room for doubt and unbelief. Faith enabled Jesus and other people in the Bible to overcome and for the promises of God to be fulfilled in their lives. The cloud of witnesses that we see in Hebrews 12 verse 1 when, who went before us were challenged in their own ways, but they remained steadfast and they believed that the Lord will fulfill the promises that he had made to them. And they remained obedient and faithful to him. By faith, Jesus rebuked the winds and the waves and they became calm. By faith, Jesus cursed the fig tree and it immediately withered. By faith, Jesus said that we can speak to that mountain and it will be moved out of our way. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army marched around it for seven days. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to cross uh, to do so, they were drowned. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw that he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Abel brought a better offering than Cain and by faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. By faith, Abraham, when tested by God, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. By, Ab by faith, Abraham was willing to sacrifice uh, his only son, even though God promised that it was through Isaac that his offspring would be reckoned. By faith, Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made that promise to her. Our faith in God is tested when we cannot see the physical evidence of his work in our lives. We lose hope and we give up on the promises that God has made to us. But how do you faithfully wait upon God when the promises of God never seem to come to pass in our lives? In Hebrews 10, verse 36 to 38, the Bible says that we need to, to persevere so that when we have done the will of God, that we will receive what has, what has been promised to us by God. We wait in anticipation for the second coming of Christ. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, we are encouraged to run the race set before us by fixing our eyes on Jesus, who set the perfect example of faith um, for us by enduring the suffering of the cross for us as he held on to the joy that the salvation of mankind would bring to him. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, the Bible challenges us to consider how Jesus endured such opposition from sinners when we grow weary and when we lose heart. Which brings me to the scripture in Isaiah 40, verse 31. The Bible says that the Lord himself will renew the strength of those whose hope is in him and who are waiting upon him. Amen. The symbol of strength is generally a tree with well-anchored roots. Which brings me to...
to an illustration of one who trusts in God, which we see in Jeremiah 17, 7. The one who trusts in God is like a tree planted by the water who sends out its roots deep into the ground. It does not fear when the heat comes. Its leaves are green in any season of life. So let us anchor ourselves in Christ like that tree with its roots running deep into the ground so that when our faith is tested, we will not be uprooted. Amen. We will walk by faith and not by sight. We will not be moved by what we are seeing happening around us. Amen. Some of us may be trusting God for a breakthrough in our finances, breakthrough in our careers, for a relationship, to reconcile our broken marriages, to help us with our rebellious children, to heal the sickness and diseases in our bodies, and the list goes on. But the more that we trust God, the worse our situations seem to get and all the doors seem to be closed. It doesn't mean that we have to give up hope and stop believing in the promises that God has made to us. In such situations, we lift up our faith even more and we remain steadfast in our faith. The Bible tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So read the word, listen to the word, fellowship with other believers of the word, and your faith will be deepened in the Lord. Amen. Are we still together? Amen. Say after me. When my situation gets worse and all the doors seem to be shut, I will lift up my faith even more and remain steadfast in my faith. Amen. Which brings me to my second point. We must believe that he is or that he does exist. No, no one of us can come to the Father except through Jesus. We can only believe in God's existence through Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit's, Spirit who makes our hearts to believe. One must first believe that God exists, that he is the one and only true and living God, that he is an he is an unseen God, and we can only see him through the eyes of our faith. Faith takes God at his word. Not believing God exists is, like, is equivalent to calling him a liar. None of us have seen God, the Father, Jesus, or the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't mean that they do not exist. We cannot see the wind when it blows, where it comes from, or where it goes but we do feel its physical effects, and therefore it is real to us. So likewise, God remains invisible and mysterious to us, but we accept, <laughs> but we do experience his power in spirit and in truth, and therefore we accept the reality of God's existence in order for him to become reality to us. Amen. The first requirement of faith is that we believe that God actually does exist, because the object of our faith is in God. It is important that we must believe in God's existence in order to accept the Spirit of God into our hearts. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says that the person without the Spirit of God does not accept or understand the things of God, and such a heart will remain foolish. 
A heart that does not believe that God exists cannot therefore have faith in him. If we do not believe in God's existence, he will remain separated from us and we cannot experience his presence in our lives and we cannot do anything apart from him. It is when we believe that God exists that he opens up our eyes, he enlightens our understanding and he gives us wisdom to deepen our faith in him. We cannot come to God in an acceptable manner if we do not believe in his existence. It is necessary that we have this belief in an attempt to draw near to him and to develop an intimate relationship with him. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay, so my third and my final point is he rewards those who diligently seek him. So who's excited to hear about the rewards? Amen. I know we like rewards. The vitality points, e-bucks, clicks club card, spa rewards card, and so on. But the rewards from God are a bit different, and you will see now how so. Amen. So this point, uh, which is he rewards those who diligently seek him, it has two aspects. And so I will go into the, uh, the first. So firstly, how do we dil diligently seek God? The Greek meaning of the word seek is to not only seek him, but to seek him out and to seek him until we find him and to seek him above all other things. Amen. To diligently seek God is to wholeheartedly, continuously, and perseveringly seek God and to go after him. We can, come into the, we can only come into the very presence of God by seeking God through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The amazing thing is now in the new covenant is that uh, with the Holy Spirit that we are inwardly impelled to, um, by the Spirit to seek God. So we, don't, uh, so we don't always have to go after and seek God. We are, Im we are impelled by the Spirit to seek after God. In Hebrews 10, verse uh, 19 to 25, it says that we can enter into the most holy place by a new way with a sincere heart and the confidence that faith brings us. Hebrews 12, verse 14 teaches us to seek God with holiness by living in peace with everyone. Without holiness, no one of us can see God. Amen. Hebrews 12, verse 15 teaches us to seek him without bitterness in our hearts and without sexual immorality to avoid falling short of the grace of God. In Jeremiah 29:13, the Lord said to the exiles in Babylon that if they seek him with all their hearts, they will find him. When we, seek God, uh, when we wholeheartedly seek God, we do it in an unreserved way. We surrender every aspect of our lives to him. We pursue him with everything that we have in order to get to know him on that intimate level. We go out of our way to get closer to him each and every day through prayer, through fasting, reading of the word, through praising, through worshiping him. Amen. We also seek him diligently through consecrating our lives to him. 
That is, we set ourselves apart in order to serve him. So we yield ourselves to what the, to what the Lord requires of us. If the Lord wants us to wait, then we wait. If the Lord wants us to sit, then we sit. If the Lord wants us to stand, then we stand. We even go to the extent of offering our bodies up to serve the Lord. The Lord Jesus, he died for us at a high price, and he gave his life for us on the cross. So we commit to serve the Lord with every aspect of our lives, with our bodies, our minds, and our spirits. Amen. Amen. And secondly, what is the rewards for those who diligently seek him? The greatest reward of seeking God is to find the rewarder himself. The greatest reward is knowing Jesus. Possessing this is to possess all things because all good things are contained in him. Amen. Hebrews 12 verse 7 to 11 encourages us to endure hardships as discipline as it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 promises that the Lord has prepared that watch which no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and what no heart has conceived for those who love him. John 3.16 says that God has promised us eternal everlasting life if we believe in his one and only begotten son, Jesus. Matthew 6 verse 33 says that when we seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, that all those things will be added unto us. Amen. Matthew 19 verse 29 confirms that whoever has left behind houses, siblings, fields, spouses, children, and so on to follow Jesus will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Matthew 5 verse 12 encourages us to rejoice and to be glad when we seek God despite uh, in being insulted, being persecuted, and falsely accused because great is the reward in heaven, which is the crown of life, which is God welcoming us at the finish line and crowning us with honor, blessing, and life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 7, also promises that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds as we seek the Lord in prayer, petition, and thanksgiving. Psalms 19 says that the Lord promises to never forsake those who diligently seek him. Psalms 34:10 promises that those who seek the Lord will lack no good thing. And in Lamentations 3, verse 25, it confirms that the Lord is good to those whose hope is in him and to those who seek him. Amen. Hallelujah. In conclusion, Hebrews 11, verse 1, defines faith as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. God helps us through the Holy Spirit to believe and have faith in him through Jesus, and this is the gift of salvation. When we diligently seek God, we seek him until we find him, and we do it wholeheartedly, continuously, 
and perseveringly. This pleases God and brings forth the promised reward. The greatest reward of diligently seeking God is that we are rewarded with the rewarder himself, who is Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So I would like to ask if there's anybody that would like, sorry, I would like to ask um, anyone that would like to come forward for prayer, you know, if there's anyone that has uh, lost their hope in God, that has lost their faith, that wants a touch of God, that wants to be renewed in this new year that you want the Holy Spirit to just speak into your heart and help you to believe that God exists, to help you to diligently seek God. Please stand up and, or, and come forward. I'd like to pray with you. Amen. So if you are here, and you are waiting upon the Lord, and the promises of God never seem to come to pass in your life. And you just want the Lord to renew your strength. And you want that hope to be placed in your heart and just for the Lord to arise in your life. Please come forward. So I'd like to ask the leaders and the elders of the church to just please come and help me to pray for these people. Amen. <laughs> 